Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Why do some people seem to get promoted easily? And why do others always seem to be passed over? Our guest today, Pamela Green, says often it comes down to whether or not you have executive presence. Pamela is a business executive leadership consultant, an executive coach, keynote speaker, and a published author with more than 30 years of business leadership experience. And as the principal consultant of the HR Coaching and Career Institute, she works with leaders to help them develop and improve their executive presence. I asked Pamela why she thinks executive presence is critical if you want to be promoted. I think it is important. Um, I do think it is essential for credibility, Um, especially when you have so much uh, diversity uh, and inclusion happening at all levels in the organization. Um, It speaks to your earned right to be where you are, and it creates space for your voice to be heard uh, and for you to really make a contribution. So it's a wall that you have to break through, I think. And it's almost like a, a rite of passage um, for people who want to move up. It's the unspoken thing that keeps people from getting promoted and recognized or retained in an organization. We'll talk with Pamela about how to develop and improve your executive presence right after this message from our sponsor, Interobang Solutions. to position your company as an industry thought leader, increase engagement, and build credibility with prospects and clients, establish your influence as a trusted resource, Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsource partner. Interobank Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Visit www.interobanksolutions.com. We're talking business now with Pamela Green. She's a business executive, leadership consultant, executive coach, keynote speaker, and published author with more than 30 years of business leadership experience. She's also a principal consultant and chief facilitator for the HR Coaching and Career Institute. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Pamela talks with us about leadership success and executive presence. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. When we talk about executive presence, what does that mean? Executive presence, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of different definitions. And, you know, the simplest one is just how you show up and being intentional in how you show up. It's about inspiring confidence in the people that you work with and the people that you work for, 
um, that you are a capable and competent leader. And so it, it relies less on what you know, even though that's important, and more on how you are perceived. So controlling your impact and your influence and making sure that you show up intentionally in a manner that commands attention in a positive way for your brand. And of course, we're talking to a lot of CEOs, business executives here today. And how can they use executive presence in those leadership roles? Well, I think it's one, not relying just on your knowledge alone. It's it's getting people um, to want to follow your leadership. But it, that means that you have to be able to establish a level of trust, build relationship. They have to trust that you're going in the right direction, that you know what you're doing, but they also want time and space to leverage their own skills. So an executive with strong presence is going to attract the right people into the organization. People are going to be, they're going to be will, more willing to step up to be those A players that we want them to be. Um, because it's not just about you and a person with strong executive presence creates space for everyone to play collaboratively in the organization. You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about that importance uh, for leaders, because so often promotions within a company, uh, you know, you've been there for a while. And so basically, you paid your dues. And so now you're going to be moved into this leadership role, or you're the owner of a company, and you started the business that doesn't necessarily make you a leader any more than someone who has been at a company for a certain period of time. And so okay, the logical next step is we're going to put them into an executive role. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is that a lot of times people carry a title that says, I'm a leader. But that doesn't necessarily, the title doesn't necessarily make them the leader. So talk to us about what happens when people are in a leadership position, but they don't have executive presence. What are the results? Yeah, well, that's that's really simple, Kelly. Honestly, is they see diminishing return. Often there's a lot of chaos. And then amongst the team, uh, they have turnover. People don't listen to them. They are, you know, almost marginalized by the whole experience of, of being executive. We just don't trust your ability to lead. And so we work around you instead of working through you and working with you. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster. And the executive doesn't feel supported. Many times I've had executives say, you know, I don't feel like anyone has my back. I don't feel like I'm supported, but it's mostly because they're not showing up, commanding the type of presence that makes me want to follow your leadership, makes me trust that you know what you're doing and that we can, you know, we can contribute to uh, the direction, strategic direction of the organization. So it's, it's honestly just a recipe for disaster. It sounds to me like someone who doesn't have executive presence needs to have a certain degree of self-awareness to know to ask mm-hmm. for help. So when you're seeing that there are, you're not getting the results that you need to get, when you're seeing that you're being isolated, like you just described, um, you, you would think that intuitively somebody would reach out for help. Is that usually the case? Do I mean, when you see people who don't have the executive presence in these positions who are not getting the results, they're frustrated, but how, how do you get them to reach out to somebody like you if they don't have enough self-awareness to do it? Usually it's an immediate supervisor that is believing in them, that supports them, that sees the potential 
and wants them to succeed. So if, if it's not me and, and I don't have the self-awareness, someone else is is willing to risk relationship to say, hey, you've got the book smarts, right? Um, but you just don't have the relationship piece, that charisma and the composure and all of those things that make up executive presence. Sort of those soft skills, maybe even the hidden qualities that can make or break uh, your ability to be effective as a leader, especially a leader of people, uh, places, things, and resources. Mm-hmm. So if it's not the individual, then usually it's a leader that, that gets involved. When organizations call me in, there's got to be partnership, right? Because if I don't think I, there's something wrong and the leader does see that there's potential, there's some possibility, then we need to partner because there has to be some accountability for the change the leader wants to see. And then there's a lot of work on self-awareness and understanding who they are and how they're showing up. So we might go through some assessments. We might, you know, uh, do a a micro 360, a major uh, 360 assessment to really give them quality feedback. And even then, sometimes it is very challenging for some people to receive feedback about how they're showing up. Therefore, it makes it difficult for them to to see their way forward. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are some of the more challenging cases. But ideally, you want the person to raise their hand and say, hey, I have some things. I don't have everything. Help me to get to where I need to go. What are some of the challenges that you deal with one-on-one? Uh, the number one is, is uh, that they lack self, self-control, um, that, you know, they're uh, overly emotional. Um, uh, they uh, don't know how to handle, you know, personal attacks. Uh, they're easily shaken. They're, they're just not very positive people. They... They rule with an iron fist, believing that it's in a velvet glove, and it's not. Um, You know, it's like the emperor has no clothes. We do see this. And they think they're being effective, but in reality, nobody's following them. So they don't lack composure is is really the, the number, the biggest one. And then sometimes you have people that don't have, you know, confidence in what they're doing. They won't speak up. Everyone knows they've got something to contribute, and it's not just because they're an introvert. It's because they might be intimidated, or they've made mistakes in the past, or they they live in their own prison of their mistakes, and so they're unable to, to move forward. They just don't feel like they belong in a room full of other people, uh, especially following an, a promotion. Um, mm. We see a lot of a lot of that. Um, where people just don't think that, wow, do I belong here? I can't believe I've made it. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, I don't have everything, you know, that kind of feeling. So those are, those are, are two of the big things that I see when people. Yeah. A little bit of the imposter syndrome on that last one then, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And a huge Harvard Business Review fan. And so they've got some great um, imposter syndrome articles for, and I see that more in women um, than in men. But yeah, you know, feeling like, uh-oh, what have I gone and done? I've gone and got myself this promotion and I don't think I'm ready, you know, and well, no, you've earned this, you you know, so it's, it's peeling back the layers of stuff that we've collected throughout our careers to get to where we ultimately want to go. And then you, you risk losing it all because you don't feel like you've earned it, deserve to be there. And that can be very challenging. In fact, there are some clients that are working with therapists while they're also working with me as their executive coach um, because there are some deep-seated and rooted things that uh, they have to overcome. I imagine that another 
challenge that you deal with sometimes when you're working with folks is uh, the personality that you you talked about people who are quiet because maybe they feel intimidated. Maybe there's some imposter syndrome going on. But another one that comes to mind are passive aggressives, that there are leaders who know there's an issue with someone or with a process or with whatever it might be. And it's not that they're intimidated to speak up. It's just that uh, they're they're just being passive aggressive, and so they won't address it. It will come out in a different way, and and so how do you deal with those folks? When you deal with a passive aggressive person, the first thing you have to remember is you know don't take the bait, don't fall into the trap that they repeatedly set um, because you become um, like them. You know you do exactly what it is they want. You know stay present, make sure you stay focused, be assertive. Uh, you want to understand what's going on around you. So you harness, you know, I always tell people when you're dealing with passive aggressive people, you don't necessarily have to call out the behavior, but you certainly can have conversation publicly in the room that is respectful, that gets them to stay focused on what the topic is, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes passive aggressive people will get in a, a meeting and they'll say things like, oh yeah, well, we've done that before. It's not going to work. So, you know, why waste our time? Instead of saying, well, why don't you think it's going to work, John? It's just course is going to work. And they just love all that attention. You say, well, why don't you tell us what will work? Uh, you know, you kind of put the spotlight back on them to not just tell us why, it, you know, what won't work. That's easy. That's obvious. Tell us what will work. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your ideas? Mm-hmm. You know, and get them to think on the positive side. Say, hey, guys, so John doesn't think it's going to work. What do y'all think will work? What, what, you know, what are some of the obstacles that John has pointed out? that we need to to work against. You know, what are some of the, the things that we can do, put in place to uh, go around or go past or blow through those obstacles? And so you use it and don't allow yourself to be taken hostage by that, that behavior, the drama that goes with it. Oh, the drama. Yes, the drama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people think that they, there is a presence. Don't get me wrong. There is a presence whenever there is drama, but it's not the kind of presence that you want to cultivate. That's for sure. That is absolutely correct. So our listeners today, uh, if they, they, if they know that they have a degree of what we're defining as executive presence, but they want to improve on it, and obviously they can call someone like you, uh, but, but what are some of the things that maybe some, some self-improvements that they can work on independently, and how would they go about that? I call them, you know, like seven C for executive presence. And we talked about, you know, composure, resisting the urge to launch counterattacks and remaining positive is a way to maintain composure. Of course, having confidence, even if you make a mistake, for example, don't be intimidated by it, but admit the mistake and move on. Don't be held hostage to a past mistake. The other one would be building credibility. you got to put your word out there to important things. Uh, and they keep your word, you know, even if it hurts, you're going to make sure that you deliver on your word and the promise that you've made. I think it goes without saying, I think you alluded to it earlier, Kelly, is being a great communicator, understanding how you communicate, but also how other people communicate and meeting them uh, where they are in their communication. Um, I would say, you know, having character and charisma, you know, being a person who is authentic and honest, respectful, and has integrity, but also has a little bit of style, is intentional about how they express themselves, but also in what they do, what they say, all of all of who they are 
when you walk into a room and you have style or you have charisma, you own the room. You fill up the room in a positive way. So those are just some additional things that I would say to people who are really looking to or examining uh, whether or not they have a degree of executive presence and what they need to do next. Yeah, those are all very good things. And as you were talking about them, it strikes me that I know quite a few people who aren't necessarily in executive or leadership positions that maybe I just know as friends even who have most of these. And so is it possible for people to have executive presence without being in a leadership role? Absolutely. And I think, honestly, it's those individuals that often are tapped for promotional opportunities. I've, I've often told people in just about every single job I've had, I've been promoted, asked to stay, or left and come asked to come back. And on two occasions, I did go back. But I don't think it was necessarily because I was the smartest person in the room, although I'd like to think that I, you know, had some smarts with it. I do think it has to do with your confidence, your credibility, you know, and the things that I was bringing to the table in my character. Uh, people want to be around people who bring that to the table. When you have executive presence, people want you in the room. It makes it easy to get for them to give you a promotion. They will find a reason, find a way to give you a promotion, to have you in the room. I think it's something that we should all practice and 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 master even, uh, regardless of what, what we ascribe, what we decide that we want to do uh, to achieve in our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is a, is a way to get your brand noticed, recognized, and even valued. Yeah. And, you know, face it, whether we're in the workplace or whether we're in the grocery store or, or wherever we are, uh, we, we find ourselves at various points needing some of that charisma or some of that presence in order to uh, negotiate something or, or to, to persuade somebody. So whether you're a leader or not, these are all great tips for, for anyone to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why all the talk about executive presence, though? I mean, it is, is it really necessary to have, I guess, if, you, if, if you're wanting to be promoted? Is it, is it essential? I think it is important. Um, I do think it is essential for credibility, um, especially when you have so much uh, diversity uh, and inclusion happening at all levels in the organization. It speaks to you, your earned right to be where you are, and it creates space for your voice to be heard and for you to really make a contribution. So it's a wall that you have to break through, I think. And it's almost like a, a rite of passage for people who want to move up. It's the unspoken thing that keeps people from getting promoted and recognized or retained in an organization. And so now we're talking about it uh, and we've named it executive presence. And you do have an assessment. You have other resources on your website as well. So so if someone was yeah. interested in those, what is your website where they could go out and, and read your blogs and, and get more information? Absolutely. First, I tell people to connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, let, let's start a conversation there. Um, but they can come to my website, which is PamelaJGreen.com. Uh, you know, check out all the stuff that I've got going there. We're going to have an online course in 2019. Uh, we're launching that in March. And then we also are doing some in-person sessions on executive and leadership presence around the country starting in March as well. A lot going on in that space. And, you know, when I'm coaching people for executive presence, one of the things that I do, I have an assessment that I give, but I also, I like to spend time observing you because it's as much about how you show up, your body language and how you're communicating non-verbally as well as much as it is 
how you're communicating verbally. So yeah, please, you know, I enjoy encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn, but also to uh, to just visit the website. And on LinkedIn, you're Pamela J. Green, your middle initial J, correct? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Pamela, I can't let you go without asking you, what should our listeners be talking about or paying attention to in HR in 2019? Wow, I think that's a great question. I think one clearly is business analytics. Uh, I think it's measured metrics, obviously, but analytics goes a lot deeper. I think HR professionals um, aren't uh, as on top of that piece of uh, what we are called to do um, in in relationship to the business. And I think it speaks business when you talk about numbers. Uh, and it's not something we should be afraid of. So I think definitely business analytics, other things, clearly globalization, the world is flat. So we need to pay attention to those kinds of things, being more understanding the business and, and, and specifically say, oh, I don't have time for all of that stuff. Understand, if nothing else, what the organization does. I mean, really what they're doing, you know, how you make money, how you lose money, when uh, you lose money and what do you do in those cases and and what is the HR implication of those decisions being made because every every conversation that's being had has to do with human resources. It just it's just as simple as money. Money is the left hand of the CEO, then HR is the right hand. We have to be in the CEO and the executive's ears and, and we can't do that if we don't understand the business. And I, I say, you know, business basics, go back to the business and that will tell you what you need to focus on for your organization, your brand, and your future. Great advice. And uh, so all you listeners out there, those are the things that you should be talking business now about in 2019. Pam, thanks so much for joining us today and lending us some of your thoughts on leadership and on executive presence and on what, what we should be looking for in 2019. Again, if you'd like to learn more about Pam, go out and connect with her. Start a conversation with her on LinkedIn, Pamela J. Green, and also her website, PamelaJGreen.com. We appreciate the support of our sponsor, Interobang Solutions, providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Visit InterobangSolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.